This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are here for Mother Folklore. We are going to cue this up. Can you please hit the intro music? It's catchy, isn't it? From Headstuff Studios in Dublin and live at the Button Factory, Falchuk on Mother Folklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Padre Quivonic. Will you please join me in welcoming our panel for this evening? She is the most Kerry thing since Michael Healy Ray's hat. Put your hands together for Emer Duffy! The best thing to come out of County Leash since Fionn McCool, our legal eagle, our feminine of fucking smear, Geraldine McAvoy! And Lisa Cohen described him as Ireland's favourite public intellectual. Fintan O'Toole described him as... who? <laughs> Fresh from the Kosamui Cup 2019, Zaga boys all over the place, absolute carnage. Derek O'Shea! <laughs> no, that was weird. We'll stick together. No one wants to sit near Dara. <laughs> oh, it's like Zaga all over again. These Aww. two empty seats represent the treatment of the Irish language by the state. <laughs> <laughs> it's for our fallen homies that are still in Thailand creating absolute carnage. <laughs> Is that where they are? That they are, they yeah. Are. Definitely, yeah. You, sh- you should um, unclip the mic. Just hold yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, look at I can't do it, Todd, help. <laughs> <laughs> I, got it. I got it, I got it. You can loop it around. You can loop it around, and then, yeah. This is all getting cut from the podcast. <laughs> Every this, single second. It's, yeah. it's all gone. That's it. Welcome to three minutes of trying to get the mics. <laughs> this is how we normally start. Hands. You guys don't hear it. Our producer's brilliant. <laughs> well, yeah. Weren't the Irish passport only mighty? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I hope so, you're ready for an anticlimax because that's why we're here. What are we talking we're about? Gonna like, we're going to talk about binging on television. <laughs> like, we're going to talk smack. But um, thank you everyone for coming. By the way, um, yeah. I mean it, it's great to see everyone. My mom is in the crowd, but I'm not going to identify her. Um, she will be. Yes! She will be the one. Um, you will notice when I accidentally yeah. say fuck. She will be the one that'll go. What? Well, she didn't get that from me. She got that from her father. <laughs> No, I wasn't. Uh, sorry, me ac- now, so. ac- accidentally? Yeah, yeah ac- ac- we're going to tell her accidentally. She doesn't oh, listen sorry. to the podcast. Oh, okay, okay, fine. She doesn't listen to the podcast, she doesn't, so she doesn't know what I'm like. Uh- <laughs> so as Derek said, we're going to talk about binging on TV shows today. 
Specifically, we're going to talk about the fact that, you know, as we all know, Hollywood has run out of ideas. Yes. It's terrible, but, you know, it just happens, you know, when you kind of run things like that. William Goldman, the author of The Princess Bride and uh, Butch Cassidy's Summit's Kid, referred to a concept called development hell, when a, a really good film idea had been greenlit for production, but then that associate producer was fired for another failure in a different film, so the really good film was parked, and the person who replaced that guy in the studio said, well, if I produce this film, the old guy will get all the credit. If, if it goes well, the old guy will get all the credit. If it goes badly, I'll get all the blame. I'm not going to do it. So lots of good ideas are just congested in development hell for ages. And it's, a, it's an inefficient and horrible system. But Plus, it's, it's just easier to do a fucking remake. Yeah, yeah. it's easy to do a remake. Easy. And you know what? They have these things called comic books now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I heard. Uh, yeah. Uh. But yeah, but... If, I'm just thinking, because now that Succession is, is on temporary hiatus and that Game of Thrones is finished, there's an they appetite. They stopped making Shrek. And they stopped making the Shrek films. They're going to remake Shrek. In a remake Shrek 1. Do you think you could remake Shrek 1? Absolutely, They yeah. remade The Lion King. They're going to fucking remake Shrek. Like, it's going to be awful. They're going to well, do like, a live, like, like they did with Sonic and it's going to be weird with the teeth. <laughs> like, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, what was the fucking deal with that Sonic thing? Sorry, that was so weird. Like, the new one's cute. Like, yeah, 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 cute, yeah, yeah. But, like, the other one, nightmares. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck no. Is yeah. what you see at the end it's, of your It's like, what, one was Gronio, one was a Gron yoke. Aww. Segue. That's a great hey. segue. That's no. content. <laughs> That's where we're setting the bar for jokes tonight. Yeah, look. It's that low. Look, if he's, if he's like sophisticated jokes... You shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, maybe we'll give a, maybe you your a podcast money back. with the Irish language. No, no, we're not giving them the okay. money back. You guys yeah, are here not, now. Not. We have it now. That was a, that okay. was a gesture. There are no refunds. Lock the doors. <laughs> so what I, was, what I was thinking anyway was that for those producers looking for new ideas for you know, stories that we can really get our teeth into in net movies or similar, you know, Anyone know the net movies reference we're talking about? It's our most popular episode ever. <laughs> Nobody spit at my it. mother is in the audience. She hasn't listened to it. Yeah. Well, well, I Emer's, was Emer's mother doesn't know that we live read the Google translation of a porno. <laughs> well, now she fucking does. All which, right, which, now she does. Sorry. So don't tell her. Sorry, which which Emer purchased? Like it was you that purchased it. <laughs> it's on your Amazon history. I was the one that volunteered to download the book. Volunteered. volunteered. Mm. Uh, it was on um, Amazon, so you get on a Kindle. So I paid 99 cent for a kolosh to threesome mm. goelga. Money well spent. <laughs> and then was really scared for a very long time in case Amazon posted a receipt to my house. <laughs> because my address is my mom's house. And here we are now. Thanks. So, I know, yeah. you like that one later, Phil. Oh, yeah. She's blocking her ears there. Sorry, so, she doesn't know. Sorry, so we are, we are taking over uh, internet streaming service net movies for one night only. And we are going to resurrect some ideas from development hell, from yeah. Irish mythology and from Irish literature, and indeed from Irish history. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we'll welcome all of your ideas at the end. We'll have a, more than enough time for questions and the likes. But podcast dad... What made you think of this? It occurred to me, you know, that, that there were was, there was some great stories that, you know, people could really get their teeth into. You know, maybe people are fed up of hearing about, you know, um, drug dealing, chemistry teachers, and they're fed up of, of, of suburban mob bosses, and they're fed up of, you know, um, 
uh, hipster prisoners in a women's prison. And I have to ask this every episode, but can we be done for defamation? Yes. <laughs> All right, Grant. Look, this is this is Garadine earning her salts now. This is the reason we bring her on the podcast. So it, it Was that defamatory, Garadine? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Look at you know. I mean, you know, it is what it is. And the important thing is yes, that and no one defense to defamation. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> You Love know, Island. This is what we're remaking, is it? It is what it is. <laughs> I would refer you to Mother Folklore versus Neely <laughs> <Billy> Ray. <laughs> it's 15 in the court records. Okay. Which we lost very Yeah, I can't comment on an ongoing court case. <laughs> okay. uh, so, so we're going to go, we're going to basically have a look at the disappointment that was. Um, I'm not going to mention the names of any particular. <laughs> okay. Game of Thrones. Look. There's, there was, there was, there's a particular show that was shot in my beloved Antrim, which uh, ended badly. And I think a lot of people who, who committed emotionally to Game of Thrones... It was, it was Shrek, wasn't ...were it? disappointed by the ending. And, was anybody know. here disappointed by the ending to Game of Thrones? No spoilers. No yeah. spoilers. It ends. Yeah. <laughs> they win the Game of Thrones. <laughs> who got the throne? All of yeah, them. Exactly. So they have it. So it occurred to me, you know, that say a, a big thing there, an issue there was that your man was writing his books at the same time as they were writing the television series. And then there was different issues confronting him at considering his literary legacy than there were actually the producers thinking, you know, everyone loves Braun. Let's put Braun in more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think um, yeah. your man out of Robson and Jerome did a tremendous job. I thought the guy from Robson and Jerome did a very good job indeed. And, and your one from Remain, who was a maid in Remains of the Day was also very yeah. spooky when she was carrying a glass of wine and looking at King's Landing like it, she didn't like it. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. Like, not a clue. <laughs> so anyway. Make are, mother so. folklore relevant again. <laughs> Listen, so the, big, the big there's... issue here is that there are completed stories, stories that have beginnings, middles and endings. And they're out there, and they're in Irish history, mythology, and literature. And perhaps, if you go back far, far back... Enough yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go really fucking far back. I'm going to go way, back. way, way back, because basically one of the biggest issues with Game of Thrones, as you rightly say, was uh, George R.R. R. Martin was still writing the books, and Benioff and Vice, the producers, they basically ran out of storyline. So they had to start writing their own really, really cliched... Hollywood storybook kind of ending to Game of Thrones while Martin hadn't written the book. So they were preempting the end of it. So, so uh, for somebody that doesn't know, they started making the films when they were only at the Order of the Phoenix. And then in the end, Harry <laughs> and Hermione got together. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Got it. 100%. I'm on board. 100%. I got it. Okay, yeah. got it. Continue. And like, you don't even realise that Neville Longbottom is the actual real hero of the whole thing all yeah. along. Yeah, okay. So on board. Yeah. Yes. Great. And then okay. he actually so gets really good looking at the end. Well, he does, yeah. He does. That's yeah. shocking. That was anyway, an yeah. Um, anyway. Good on you, Nev. That's the chosen one right that's there. A, yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that was a Harry Potter yeah. joke. <laughs> that's a fucking glow up. Yeah. It wasn't shocking for the rest of us late bloomers. <laughs> and Derek is sorry. a really, 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 really late bloomer. Yeah, he's, he's, ex, he's expecting to bloom in about six years. <laughs> oh... It's fine, he's an award-winning author, I can say this. Uh, Potter's still waiting for his pension and his glow-up, like it's all going to come at the one time. I will never bloom, that's just, (laughs) it's not going to happen, I've accepted that. Um, So I'm going way back to a story that was written, probably written down for the first time about 600 AD, uh, Mm -hmm. and recorded orally since 300 AD, and it's set Mm -hmm. around about 
the time of, of Christ. I'm going back to the Tawn Bo Coolne. Would it be fair the, to say... Candlerade Cooley. On Tawn. Well, on Tawn. Known to a point, but not well known to a point. Yeah. And would it be fair to say this story could possibly be served two, three ways? It could probably be served a million ways. Okay. Probably like 10, 11 different ways. Basically, what I want to do is I want to milk the shit out of this. How many seasons did we get out of Game of Thrones? We got seven seasons. How many Harry Potter movies were there? Uh, a million. Eight. Thank Too you. many also. <laughs> Thank you, nerds. I like appreciate somewhere that. between four and one million. Yeah, some, somewhere between. There. I want to get 11 fucking seasons out of uh, yes. The Town. Yes. Because The Town is the story of an argument over cows, um, to put it bluntly. Um, Emer's nodding along, going, yes, yes, I hate when that happens. Uh, mm. And what we want to do is we want to go back to what are called the Ravesgelte, the prologues, because the town is a very, very short story. It's about the army of Connacht come to attack Ulster. Cucullan mm. tries to stop them. He doesn't, but he kills some fuckers along the way in the most epic ways possible. And they, end up, and they end up stealing the cow. I just want to say that the, the net, net movies... The net movie's uh, synopsis is going to be an argument over a cow that was violent. Like, that's going to be it. Like. That's it, yeah. 11 seasons. <laughs> Are you still watching title? The Town? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, so, but the rave scales are brilliant because they, they, they tell the story of, of Cucullin, you know, noted dog murderer and fuckboy, Cucullin. From Tara, the dog, the Tara was. That's the dog. Yeah, yeah that's yes, it. Segway. Yes, that's so it. basically, Potter wants to kill Tara. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give Tara a different role in this one. All right, good. Because Tara's you, in, you're in, you're in my net, you're in my net movies series. You are. Tara's going to play Queen Maeve. Woo! Yes. Because there's nobody oh. better than Tara Flynn to play Queen Maeve. Because one of the prologues, and this is basically, I'm going to thread these stories through each other interminably. People are going to get so fucking bored of this by about season six. I hear. Like there won't, there won't even be a cow. A cow won't feature until season ten. Okay, we won't. We won't we will not see a bovine animal until the, the, the denouement of the series. It will be after the climax and in the, in the sort of the, 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 the tail end as we look at the, the, the wind down of Tonbo Kulnia. But at the very, very start, Queen Maeve and her husband, King Alil, who was like her, her third husband. Oh, they're in bed. Because she was a boss bitch. Yeah, they're in bed. They're, it's the pillow talk. It's the pillow talk. Yes, yes pillow that's talk. one of my prologues. Yes. Brilliant. So Alil turns, around, Alil turns around her and he says... There's an old proverb, uh, you know, isn't it well for the wife of a wealthy husband? And Maeve just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what the fuck would you know about that? Yeah. <laughs> so they count up all their wealth and it turns out they're dead even, except for the fact that Alil has this really, really class brown bull. Really, really very good. Oh, white bull. Sorry, white bull. The Fionnifer. He's got this white bull, the white bull of Kruchen, and he owns that. And that's basically it. They're dead level except for that. So she says, I need, I need a bull. I need a bull. I need to get my hands on a bull. Are you Tara, you listen. Yeah. Yeah. Tara, yeah. you need a bull. Yeah. Tara, who would you like to play your husband in this movie? Because I was thinking Liam Cunningham. That'll do. That'll do. Yeah, yeah. Grant. But uh, excellent. Yeah. So anyway, they need to would get a bull. Would it not be a Hemsworth brother? No, that's oh. the cows. No, the bulls. The, the bulls. Hemsworth. The, the Hemsworth, Hemsworth brothers yeah. play the cows. Right. Right. Actually, I was kind of thinking of doing a, the social network on it and have Army Hammer play both bulls. Yes. Yes, yeah. so right. on board for that. Yeah. Yes, but only pay him for the one because, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 
we're not made out of money here. We're not net movies, for God's sake. Um, so anyway, she goes to borrow a bull from the only other ranch that can match Alil's wealth, uh, the brown bull of Cooley. So she goes over to Dara, the smith of Cooley. She's going to borrow your bull. She sends messengers. And the messengers go along. This is at the end of like season three. We've got, we've taken a long time to get here. They, um, it's like, oh, come on, like Game of Thrones wasn't that fucking boring, like at the start. It's, what I love about Game of Thrones is it took them an entire year to get from the north to King's Landing, right? In the first two seasons, they were all walking to King's Landing. And then by season seven, it was taking two episodes. It's like in a video game when you unlock fast travel. It was like, yeah, oh no, King's Landing, it's no problem, you just press X, you can skip the, you can skip one and a half fucking seasons of this the show. The King's Landing Express was finally delivered. <laughs> Platform 13 and a half in, in Winterfell. Um, so they go over, the, she sends the messengers, and they say, can we, can we rent your brown bull for a year? Because that'll make me even with my husband, which is incredibly important to me. And Dara says, yeah, okay, that's a fair price, we'll rent the bull, that's no problem. And then the messengers, who get drunk say, oh, just as well you agreed, because we would have fucked you up and taken your bull. And he says, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. So he refuses to give them the bull. So Maeve has to send an army. And, like, she puts this curse on the men of Connacht. Yes, 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 yes. yes. You like this, you like this. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Thumbs up on my Netflix. Net movies, sorry. Yeah, net movies. They won't win the old Ireland until all of them are dead. It's Where actually... is the football team coming into this? Like, when did the gas start? Like, it didn't start when Christ was season around. Season two, like... season two. It was their season two. Yeah. No, no, it did. I believe he was quite good at crosses. Oh. Oh, sorry, too soon. Didn't like that podcast. <laughs> this Not podcast. 2,000 years, lads. Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> I love so, how like anybody listening to this afterwards will not be able to see the face I just pulled at you like because this is not a visual medium. It's not, but, like, <laughs> it's not a visual medium, thank God. Uh, anyway, so she sends an army over and in order to wipe out any resistance while she sees the bull, she gets a witch woman to put a curse on the men of Ulster and basically, basically gives them period cramps. Yes! 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 I'm so into this! Yes, yes. and yes. so they suffer period cramps. Can there be like a parody episode where it's like a, a commentary on modern day, like gender pay gap? The whole thing yes. is a, the whole, whole thing is a commentary on yes. the gender pay gap. Yes, yes. So into that. <laughs> For 11 seasons. Yeah. The whole thing oh, is... Oh, the men on the anyway, internet will hate it. I love it. The only, the only person who can stand in their way is Cucullin, because Cucullin wasn't born in Ulster. He was born south of Ulster. He was born in the kingdom of Oriela in County Louth. So he's not from Ulster. So he doesn't suffer the period cramp. So he's able to, to come. Now, Cucullin, Barry Keoghan. Yeah. Barry Keoghan. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. Until he goes into his warp spasm, his reestrate. And when Cucullin went into his warp spasm, it was like serious Hulk. Like he would, he, would go, he would go big, one shoulder go higher than the other. One eye would sink back into his head. Another one would pop out and drop down to his cheek. His jaw would come out and jut out to one side. Oh my God, it's Mr. His T. His arms would... No, it's um, Tom Hardy. Okay. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. I was Hardy. hoping for a Tom yeah, Hardy. Yeah, I'm like down Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tom Hardy is Cucullin in action. Barry Keoghan is Cucullin. But we have to go back to the prologue, the dog murder. We have to go back to him learning everything he learned off women. But like, just he learned to everything, stress. everything yes, off yes, women. Just to stress, Tom Hardy has his shirt off. Always. Oh, the whole time. Class. The I'm entire right. time. Okay. Yeah, grand. The entire time. In fact, I'm thinking, this is net mo- Netflix, net movies. Net movies. Net movies. Net movies. Yeah. So I'm thinking full frontal. I'm thinking about two seasons Quick of Tom Hardy's Quick reminder that my dick. mother is in the audience. <laughs> what do you Are say, you Phil? 
She's nodding enthusiastically to the idea of two seasons of Tom Hardy's penis. Fuck um, you. <laughs> this is a fine podcast that I wish I had once. <laughs> okay. anyway, anyway, after 11 seasons, um, it wraps up. Um, Cucullin, uh has to kill his foster father with a spear that he throws with his foot. Um, that's in season seven. Uh, and then in season 11, they finally manage to capture the bull and the two bulls kill each other. And we learn nothing. <laughs> and it's still better than Game of Thrones. I'll say. Yeah, on time. But Option it. But there's another, there's another way with this, this same material, that, you know, the same way sometimes a, a book is filmed two different ways and it's completely different. Emer, there's, there's more than one story in the ton. There is. Um, I kind of had my idea, like, all set what I was going to do, but now that I mentioned Shrek, I'm like, shit, how could I work Shrek into this? But I don't think I can, so I think it's too late. So I think I just have to talk about Gossip Girl. Fair, yes. Yes. I will regularly go back to Gossip Girl on net movies. Net movies. Um, Just to watch, even though I know it's terrible and toxic, but like, I love it so much. It's It's so bad that it's good. It's like, I'm assuming for the youths these days, it's like Riverdale, that show that's just... Like fucking insanely bad, uh, but like yeah. someone so groaned in the back door. That was an impressive groan. Yeah, yeah. I don't know all the way up here. Like it was way back there. Um, so my favorite thing about Gossip Girl was Chuck Bass. No, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. also yeah. so so problematic, so problematic. But anyway, go on. Was that uh, the guy with the curly hair? No, no, no that I'm was the one with the cravat and like the really, really oh, no, problematic. They backstory. all had kind of curly hair, though, didn't no, they? The cr- no, Nate didn't have curly hair. Nate had the straight hair. Nate had the lip problem. Sorry, yeah. I was just about to recap <laughs> show of Gossip Girl. <laughs> I mean, they were all arseholes. Oh yeah, all but them. like this there was is like chief arsehole. Like oh, okay. this is arsehole number one. Like yeah, fair. Yeah. The original, original arsehole. Yeah. Yes, but like, oh, what a ride. Yeah. Like, Put that on my time, tombstone. Like, <laughs> causing absolute carnage in the Upper East Side. <laughs> Pretty much. Wall to wall Westchester boys. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely sending it. Sending it. Sending it. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. Was there now. some horseplay in the tone now? Oh, <laughs> just the most horseplay you've ever seen. Just horseplay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was I saying, lads? Gossip, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Yeah, sorry, my favourite bit about Gossip Girl was um, they started getting, like, all these absolutely shocking reviews um, after, like, the first, like, season or whatever. And, like, all these publications, like, these big publications were like, it's shit. So then they were like, do you know what? This is class. And they just started using all these, like, really shit reviews being like, the New York Times thinks we're terrible and a plague on society. Watch us. <laughs> and it worked, like, it absolutely worked because how many seasons did Gossip Girl go on for? Like, millions. <laughs> yeah, they had, like, it was like, uh, the, one of the reviews was like, don't show this to your children. And they were like, yes. don't show this to your children. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Take something negative, make it positive. Yeah, and it's like two half-naked, like, really rich Upper East Siders just, yeah. like, shifting in a corner. And it was Talking it. about their rich people problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. I yeah. love when I have just so many rich people problems. But basically, it was kind of like this scathing view on society is kind of what Gossip Girl would be if you were, like a woke lad that studied in a certain upper-class university in south side of the city. Sorry, he's not um, woke. Like, if you're talking about yeah. Dan, he's not woke. No, okay? but like, like, like Dan's not woke, yeah. okay? <laughs> sorry, I take back what I said about Chuck Bass. Dan, the worst character but in not, it. But but like, sorry, go but, on. Um, but we're not, just, we're not just remaking Gossip Girl. No, like, can no, no, we? no. Can we do no, that? Where, where, are we, where are we putting this? We're putting this kind of around the thorn. Yes. Like, we're not going to include any, any bulls because I don't think there's much, like, 
dry stock in the Upper East Side. Bulls are dead. <laughs> so is it in oh. the Upper East Side then? Are you putting the town in the Upper East Side or are you putting Gossip Girl in the town? Like, well, which? Northern Ireland is the Upper East Side of Ireland. <laughs> You're not wrong. I feel like I'm just going to change that there now. We're just the gonna Upper put... East Side of Ulster. <laughs> Says no. <laughs> right, okay. So, so we're, we're talking on town XOXO. XOXO, yeah. Um... Oh my we're, God, who we're going, the narrator? We're going way back to the wing of Emer, are we? Yeah, we are. But like, Kristen Bell narrated Gossip Girl. So like, Ruth Nega, she's got a lovely oh, yes. voice. Yeah. Yes. She yes. does have a lovely voice. Yeah, actually. Yeah. She um, gives good voice. Great voice. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of one that I get a pitch to the floor because obviously everyone's seen Gossip Girl. So, obviously, like, of course, obviously, um, I mean, which like, of, there's that one guy there's like, no, like, yeah. you fucking have, like, but like he's, I like, only watch critically acclaimed material. <laughs> his net <laughs> movies is currently on his phone being like, are you still watching Gossip Girl season four, <laughs> episode seven? <laughs> um, this is one I'm going to pitch to the floor in that, um, which of the Upper East Side fuckboys, sorry, ma'am, um, would be the appropriate match for Ku Cullen? So, like... Chuck. No, sorry. No, no. no. no I, what do you no. mean by match? Like, as in, like, match or as in, like... Match, no, which like. one would be Ku Cullen? So, Chuck. Chuck is Ku Cullen. Right, got it. Okay, yeah. Are we going to go with that one? We're going to go with that one? Nate. Nate. Somebody thinks Nate. He was yeah. a posh boy, though. That's oh, it. Like, as feels. if they were not posh boys. Boy. Like, Nate is, yeah. just, Nate is just eye candy. Like, he's okay, just a okay, nothing character. Okay, like. right. He had, like, Nate, a Justin Bieber haircut for him. Yeah. cool. I don't, I don't know if we can rule out Ku Cullen being a posh boy. He was literally the son of a god. That's yeah, true. But, yeah. Yeah. They're, but like, they're, sorry, they're I mean, all that's a lot boys. better. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot a better than being the son boy. of an investment banker with KBC. Like, it's just, it's. That's it's, my daddy works for KPMG. <laughs> yeah. We all remember that one. Dot. Dot. No, my dot. No. We've never seen anything no. like that at all. <laughs> um, so obviously, Cucullin was um, uh, not um, faithful. Oh, that's Chuck then. Chuck. Yeah. That's Chuck. Chuck. Fair. Okay, Chuck. yeah. Yeah. That. Chuck. So, Next. like, that's why I think it should be a bit of Chuck. A hurler. <laughs> yeah. On Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the same... Yeah. All right. I will I'm not right. stand for this culty bashing. Because that's what they say. <laughs> we, we played a hurling in Dublin too. Oh, you played a hurling in Dublin too, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Garrodine, he was a dog-murdering fuckboy. <laughs> so, so, so we've got... We've, we've, we've basically, we have, we've got, we've got the town... Is, is Game of Thrones. The Wing of Emer is Gossip yes, Girl. Yes, sorry, yes. The whole idea of um, Gossip Girl being that kind of um, inward look on like society and it was the story that was being told and like telling all these people who like wouldn't possibly understand this, life that, this lifestyle that's being lived by like these kind of elite people is kind of what you get when you read early Irish literature. In that obviously... Um, in that timescale, the, the plebs, the commoners, wouldn't have been um, literate. They wouldn't have been able to read. So how would you learn about the law? How would you learn about how society would function? How would you learn about anything if you can't read? You'd learn it through like an oral tradition. And obviously, like, no one's going to want to sit down and be like, all right, so this law about the bees is that if you're bee sting someone and it's on Don't their take land. this law bashing, okay? Some of us enjoy <laughs> right? sitting down listening you know, to laws, okay? You're going to want to listen to a story about, like, you know, this horrific bee sting that went wrong or whatever. I'm talking about, like, the Beck Braha. I'm not just pulling bees out of somewhere here. I assumed uh, it was, there was a reference text. there. Yeah. I, I know, really but, like, did. Like, I mean, really not everybody did. knows, like, yeah. all right? Um, 
But um, so you kind of get that with um, early Irish literature. It's like how, well, what I would take from it is how that would have been how, you know, the this whole idea of like society and law and everything else would have been communicated to, you know, the, the measly farmers um, or whatever else. So that's why I think that you could kind of transpose this idea of like Gossip Girl and this like scathing socio-political commentary onto... You could make Cucullin. her a poet. Gossip Girl's a poet. Oh my God, I could! Yes! yes. yes. Gotta be a Dan move. Oh Gossip God, Girl yes. is Absolutely. a bird. Yes, because if you get something shitty written about you on the Gossip Girl you blog... Get satirized. Yeah. You, you get satirised. You fucked. Oh, class! I didn't even realize I was making that point. Yes. Oh, you're done for. Yeah. Oh, lads, that's like, class. Dan Humphreys is like one step above a poet. Like somebody who like forces his poetry on you. Oh, uh, no, he ever. definitely has like, a mold skin where he writes his deepest thoughts in his poetry. In a coffee shop with his MacBook and Sorry, he pretends so to be working relatable. class. My wow. favorite scene from Gossip Girl ever is, you know that when Hilary Duff is randomly in it for a while? Like, sorry, I've watched this a lot. And like, Dan is just like on his laptop, like typing to Hilary Duff. Like in the middle of the street. Yes, I was thinking that. And he's on like the tiny little like, notebook laptop on like a bollard. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Like imagine so walking stupid. down the street in New York now and there's some prick with a jumped up haircut and he's on like a little, a little like notebook, like the really tiny, like the minuscule little laptop on a bollard and he's just typing. How but, did like, we not know? <laughs> I'm going to blog about this so hard. Like surely he had a Blackberry at that stage. <laughs> Was like, this was like 2000 and maybe seven. Where was he getting Wi-Fi? Like, I don't. Anyway, this, sorry. That's what I thought when I watched that first. I'm like, where is he getting the Wi-Fi from? He's not hot spotting his Nokia 3210. Typing up a draft for Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. like. So that's incredible. Gossip okay. Girl. Yes. Oh my God. Is going to be so, yeah. a poet. Gossip Girl is a satirist. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've done it. Yeah. We've done it. A female poet we've as well. It. I mean, yeah. I could talk about this for years, but we've I can't because we only have a certain time limit. We've done it. Yeah, we've done we've it. Done We're it. done. Right. Okay. I'm done. Goodbye. We've done it. This episode is sponsored by Ferris Naguelga, who are celebrating 20 years of promoting the Irish language, Fiha Blian Igfoss. Language is about communication, and communication unites communities. So, community is at the heart of Ferris Naguelga. Ferris Naguelga creates a network of community-based Irish language development officers throughout the island of Ireland to support and promote Irish, like Level Pubble, at community level. Through the language planning process, Ferris Naguelga is responsible for developing five Irish language network communities and 13 Gueltoc service towns, as well as other government initiatives. Ferris Naguelga also funds Gueltoc Lachela, an initiative in townlands such as Clondalkin, Carntucker, Lochray, Ennis and Belfast. That's in addition to Ferris Naguelga supporting Irish language officers in communities all over the island of Ireland. Check out the great new words created over the past 20 years by the terminology wizards over on Ferris Naguelga's Instagram handle, at Ferris Naguelga. Ferris Naguelga, celebrating 20 years. Isi Arjanga Heani. It's our language. So there's a couple of approaches we could take to Anton. So I was going to think of jumping forward a few a few centuries forward. Millennia. Maybe a millennia or, or, or almost more. I want to take you all to a city that is... Cork? A city that oh. is... Is it Cork? Trembling Cork. at basically Cork. in, in terror like at, the, at the madness in the island next to it. Cork. Sounds like Cork. Derek's going to swing digs. Overrun by property developers. Oh, it's not Cork. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cork. 
So the, currently, the, the, the British centre of power is being dominated by pure madness. The city of Dublin is overrun by crazy property developers. Crime is shocking. Rents are bad. It is Georgian Dublin. Ooh! Ooh. Got us there, Dad. We thought it was nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, you really, you had us until the the last second. With the property developers and the rent. So basically, yeah. (laughs) And the Did you get it? And the crime. Did you get it too? (laughs) So it's... The problem. I mean... UK. Sorry, we forgot that one. The problem's the UK. Go on. He's trying to say that Boris Johnson is a bit like Mad King George. It's very clever. (laughs) Sorry, we are really interested. Please continue. Don't leave us now. (laughs) So, the the period of uh, the the four Georges in a row during that sort of period from the kind of about 1715, 1720 to 1830 in Ireland was was a a period when when Dublin, as we kind of know it now, largely took shape. An awful lot of the, the streets that we, that that we kind of know and recognise as being very associated with being very specifically Dublin happened at this time. And it was also a time when some um, some of the, some very significant minds, such as some very significant minds happened to kind of emerge from this place. And and it, it, when you consider that it kind of came to an end with the Act of Union and everything else that happened in Ireland in the 19th century, it just strikes me as very interesting that the greatest satirist in the history of the world, and one of the, one of the finest, which is obviously you know, Dean Swift, and then... Oh, I thought you meant Oliver Callan. Huh? I thought you meant Oliver Callan. No one well, has ever said that about Oliver <laughs> Well... But he does the voices really well. Once more, I need to bring it back. Is this defamation, and can we be done for it? Look, Again, yes. I'm the only person that's scared of this on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, we're, all, we're all very scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jonathan Swift, the greatest satirist John, of all time. Jonathan Swift, uh, and very interested in mental health, as a matter of fact. In his will, he left uh, a portion of his vast wealth to create a, um, a, a centre for what would have been at the time called a lunatic asylum. It's still with us. It's still there. St. Patrick's Mental Health Services behind Dr. Stevens' hospital. And he added a line in which he said that if he had more money, he would have put a roof over the city. So, to yeah. stop the rain so or not, to keep no, the no, pollution not that, right. not, no, no, not that woke It's cheaper health, than building really. an asylum if you just what, put a roof over it. Dublin. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking but, right, but okay. four walls and a roof and just box all the dubs in. To, to be fair, right? That's, but, but compared to his peers, he was very yeah, into like, mental health. It, um, it, it's a bit rich coming from the guy who was buried standing up because he didn't want to get washed away in case of an emergency flood. It's rain. Sorry, it's rain. That's what he was talking about. It wasn't. It was rain. Surely the roof. Yeah, yeah. He's on the Yeah, right. So this, I'm taking it way off key here a second. Sorry, Derek. A friend of mine used to be a tour guide in St. Patrick's, and he was bringing me through one time, and he was telling me like how you know your man was buried standing up, and I kind of looked at him in horror, and I'm like, at any point in history has anybody heard crumbling? Because gravity is going to take its effect at some point. Like, yeah, he's not standing mm-hmm. anymore. Like, that lad's not yeah. standing anymore. He's squatting. <laughs> he's squatting yeah. in the coffin yeah. right now, yeah. yeah. Like, nasty. Anyway. He also used to get wheeled around on a mobile pulpit. Who is anybody, this guy? Come, if, is this what your net yeah, movie is? Swifty. <laughs> Jonathan Swift, Swifty. Oh, wow. He used to get wheeled around by his assistant on a mobile pulpit. And basically what he would do is he'd be given these four-hour sermons. And if anybody fell asleep, he'd make his assistant wheel him over next to them so that he could roar at them and wake them up. Oh my God, we should do that with the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, we should put Derek on a wheelie podium. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd rather not. But you hear about Jonathan Swift <laughs> right into their face. Uh, does anybody listen to our podcast to fall asleep? Because fuck you, wake up. <laughs> anyway, Jesus Christ! Before we interrupt, sorry, yeah, yeah, Georgie in Dublin. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, in Georgie in Dublin, we have we have this between Dean Swift, Edmund Burke, and Wolf Tone. Edmund we, Burke is being played by Professor Jordan Peterson. Yes, oh, no, he was. No. He was mm-hmm. the Jordan Pearson of his time, in some ways. In some ways, he was encouraging people to We're not paying him because we don't. But fund what, that what shit. is very interesting yeah. is that he has been like a certain a lot of a lot of popular, a lot of popular artists in the nineties have been cancelled, but then some people from from further back have suddenly been resurrected, such as who's who's that lad that that science fiction guy, the um, Wells, is it? Or no, Elron Hubbard. Hey, no, no, Elron H.G. Yeah. Wells. No, it's it's a bit like and there's, yeah, but but also a lot of people suddenly started to put it in their Twitter bios, Burkean. That basically means they're very, very, very right wing, but oh, they wow. think they're clever. When you said the science fiction guy, I was like Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, yeah, him too. Um, is Doctor Who cancelled? No, no, no. Doctor Who's fine. Doctor Who's still fine for now. It's defamation. I don't know why. Doctor Who. <laughs> but but um. But can you defame a fictional character? But. One of the things, no. Doctor Who fictional. Hey, hey, <laughs> Doctor Who is fine. Don't worry about Doctor Who. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Look, no one's coming after your Doctor Who. Doctor Who's fine. You can still wear your scarf. You can still go into the phone booth. Oh, oh my God, it is. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I've never oh, Doctor Who's not a real doctor. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that could talk to the animals. That was Doolittle. He's not real, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. that's another show. Sorry, yes. So anyway, yes. George in Dublin. Yes. One of the things about George in Dublin, and I think it's where the expression "wigs on the green" comes from, is that dueling was very, very popular, and fans of Hamilton will probably know that dueling is a very big thing there. It was even bigger in Ireland, and that duelists in Philadelphia, New York, and across the states were reading dueling reviews of what was happening in Dublin because Cornish. dueling was so big. It was absolute carnage. carnage. Absolute carnage. <laughs> so much so that Wolf Tone was expelled from Trinity for dueling. And at one point, he had a dueling injury, and his doctor said that he needed to stop dueling. And he challenged his doctor to a duel. <laughs> Wolf Tone was a knob. Like, sorry. Didn't, the, didn't Daniel O'Connell kill a guy in a duel and then dedicated his life to the pursuit of peace because he felt so bad about it? Probably. It sounds like a Kerry man thing to do. (laughs) I'm sorry I killed you. I won't do it again. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. That was an accent better than I could ever do anyway. But, um, and there was was John Philpott Curran, who's a famous barrister. And at the time, libel laws, which still stand today, were introduced largely as a measure to stop dueling. But he was was considered, yes. We don't mention the libel laws. (laughs) Yeah, but at one point he was giving us, he was sitting while someone else is giving a very bad speech in Grattan's Parliament, which is where College Green, College Green now, and it was mocked so much, and he, he said, your speech is so bad, you should challenge yourself to a duel. Oh! Oh, that's a oh, good burn. Shit. Oh, I'm stealing that. That's oh, good. He was, such a, he was such an accomplished duelist that at a point he would literally just go in and like let the other person take the first shot and then just shoot the ground because people just knew that he was that Curran That's was such Hamilton a good duelist. Hamilton reference. Shoot the sky. Anyone? No? No? Okay, never mind. Oh, shooting no. the sky was, was very American. It was very yes. oceany. Shooting no the ground was the Irish way. And it didn't work yeah. out well in the end. To you know? be fair, right? 
Shooting the sky is fucking stupid, right? Because if there's no wind, <laughs> that fucker's coming straight back down. Yeah. He's coming straight... Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. But, so, and then, an, an awful lot of the, I guess, um, I suppose, it, 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 Georgian Dublin was a, time, was a time full of, was of characters who, you know, and they, their diaries, the weird thing is, and when I'm reading Wolf Tone's diaries and Curran's diaries, and even some of Swift's ones, they read a lot like weird Twitter feeds now. There was they were full of just bitching about people and sliding into DMs <laughs> in a way. But you read them in, in in connection with the other correspondents. It's also then a gossip girl, but like from George in Dublin. Yeah, like yeah, the lad, just the lads being lads. Like, well, but there was like, women there too. The I women mean, like, also. Horse, no, 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 no. Wait, no. This is worse than gossip girl in George in Dublin. This is entourage. Oh, yes. remade entourage, yes. and then a movie at the end, which is just so bad, so bad, so bad. So bad. Can we skip straight to the really bad movie? Oh, rather than oh yeah. someone greenlights for some reason. So oh. I have to ask you, Derek, who's going to play Wolf Tone? I think it's it's only fair. Wolf Tone is being played by Hosier. Sorry. Oh, oh. How very dare you? My husband Hosier would never. <laughs> whoa, 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 no, okay. no. Listen, defamation, yeah. No, Hosier is, he is my husband. Sorry, that's a fact. Not def- defamation mm-hmm. at all. Like, Hosier. Wolf Tone, Wolf Tone used to go around uh, in a military uniform when he was in college. In that's Dublin, sharp on him. 21 year old. And it's in his diaries. It's in his diaries that like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not in the military, just the chicks love it. Like, and Hosier would never, never. My husband would never. Look, the blue and white, it's totes. <laughs> it's good. Like we're going to start a tradition here, you know. Every year, There's people Thailand. in this audience you have not heard that they recording. They have. Like, Everyone's what? heard it. Everyone's heard that recording. That didn't happen. Anyway. The, the, the worst thing about it is like that 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 meme will be totally gone from popular culture by the time this is aired. Nah. Yeah, gone. Such is the fleeting nature of Irish Twitter. But you know, like the, someone from the south side is going to do something stupid again. And well, then so that's a guaranteed. We'll get it's more guaranteed. content. It's yeah. guaranteed. One of their TDs will fall off a fucking swing or something. It's just, oh, it's just guaranteed. Somebody will do something dumb. If this chair was a bit more spindly, I'd nearly fling myself off it there now for the crack, but I would probably do myself in real injury. Who's going to play Sean O'Rourke in that remake? I just want to know. That's what I want to know. <laughs> that's obviously going to be one of those Martin, uh, Michael Sheen ones. Michael Sheen will play Sean O'Rourke. Ma- Michael Sheen will play Sean O'Rourke. Yeah. Michael, Michael Sheen will play all, all the parts. All the parts. <laughs> Michael Sean, Sheen. I was injured. Sorry, I don't know. Why. That's definition. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that's obviously going to be an Olivia Coleman, Michael Sheen double act. That's incredible. Yeah. That. Yes. It's yes. incredible. It's going to be like an I, yeah. Tanya sort like remake. Like there was no reason to make that movie about the person who like literally like hobbled another person, but they made it anyway. And she got nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> okay. I can't Derek, believe they cancelled jump- fucking Firefly and they made that movie. <laughs> Thank you. Forward, uh, 100 Thank years you. Or, uh, 200 years or so. Garaging. Yes, let's move forward uh, to 1936. Ooh. 1936, an exciting time for fashion. <laughs> okay. Someone really got that joke. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> You're like throwing out fastballs to one person out there. That's incredible. Just like got the joke so hard, no one else needs to get it. It's done. So like at the moment, I'm on my Net Movies account. I'm very into like a show that somewhat accurately but mostly inaccurately depicts say the life and times of a certain monarch um <laughs> is it prince andrew no he's not a monarch no prince andrew mind. hasn't appeared yet and i'm fucking ready <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sweat you know you know it's doesn't. a medical condition the falcons <laughs> yeah. not defamation 
Was there carnage in the Falklands? Oh, there's a lot of shit going on in the Falklands. Let's not get into that. Okay? Anyway, because they're, they're about two years away from making a dramatized version of the Falklands and how it was actually grand. But anyway, yeah. abdication. That's where, So I've got a, a vision for like a lot of different episodes and we chop and change between. So first we're at abdication. So the abdication crisis in 1936 um, was, so have you seen the King's Speech? Um, yes. Yeah, right? Great movie. But also, when you're watching that movie, you should be thinking, what were the boys over in Dublin? What was Dev and the lads up to? Carnage? No, they weren't, because they were in bed by nine, because religion, Catholicism. <laughs> Dev was too um, busy shitting on women. Also. This, this is, um, Dev was too busy shitting on women. Enter Garodin, because I got notes. <laughs> okay. Also, can I, can I just say, just, if this King's speech had been said in Ireland, it just would have been a movie about someone waiting three and a half years to see a speech and language therapist. Oh, Fair. yeah. It's too real for this hour of the evening. Yeah. Too real. Yeah. Too That's real. why it wasn't said over here. Too real. Anyway, so you should be thinking, what were the boys up to? Loads of crack. No. So 1936, there was, was rumours going around, so there was nothing in the British press about uh, Edward and his Mrs. Uh, Wallace, who I think probably like harshly judged because she was a woman and a bit of crack, but also possibly definitely a Nazi. Um, and, you know, but like they're fond of that over there, the British royals, they're, they're all right with Nazis. Like, so anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about. Um, abdication, yeah. So that was going on and the, like the Brits were losing their shit over it. Like they were like, oh fuck, what's going to happen? And like Dev and the, the boys were like, perfect opportunity. So we got that treaty, didn't love it, weren't into it. So like, let's get on it. Let's write a constitution. Well, the Brits are looking there. We're working here. It's the Kansas City Shuffle. That's a reference to that like almost good movie, Looking Number 7. Kind of good. Anyway, probably on net movies. Anyway, um, so when they're at that, the Brits worrying about where Edward is dipping his wick. Um, Dev and the lads are over. Sorry, Phil. The The royal wick. Where one is dipping one's wick. (laughs) Um, so the lads are over and they're like let's get on it like they were kind of thinking about a constitution for a while so they're like let's start writing one so we're all familiar with the constitution yeah that blue book that causes all the problems yeah so this time last year we did this show and I was like Dev was harshly judged because of that film well now I'm about to do a 360 and say Dev was harshly judged because of that film here's why you should harshly judge him so I got some notes um so there was like a constitution being written and they released a draft of it and the draft was grand but there was like this clause in it that says as the clauses do so it's article 41 for article 40 and uh, the preamble and they talk about equal rights of people and they say everyone's entitled to equality blah 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 and the gals were like can we can we just pop in there without distinction as to sex no big deal just pop a few words won't make that much of a difference probably will make a difference in the lives of women and Dad was like Ah, no, not doing that. No, not at all. Like absolutely no, like disadvantage doing that. Probably. I mean, who knows? The Eighth Amendment. That's who knows. Um, so yeah. Played by Tom Von Lawler, obviously in this. Yeah. No, I've got I've got the cast. That's coming later. To not Tom Von Lawler. No, <laughs> wouldn't do him dirty like that. Um, but uh, so the gals all got together and they were like, "Look, Dev, can you just pop this?" bit into the constitution so you know we won't have a shit time and have all of those magnet laundries and have our reproductive rights taken away for us and our autonomy taken away for us and not be allowed to work and just generally tr- be treated like shit and he was like thanks but we're, we're actually set we're all right we're okay so instead of debating like this major issue about equality of half the population they were like we're busy because we need to discuss in the doll the powers of the president. It's real important, guys. Like, anyone who's a long-time listener, it's not. It's 
<laughs> it's not important. Like, it's not important at all. Um, but we love Miggle D. Is it Miggle D? We love Miggle D. We do. We do. Yeah. Uh, we love Patter's impersonation of him too. We do. Big up. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I would like to thank the Mother Folklore podcast for their tremendous love of our president, Michael D. Higgins. So I have Thanks. a couple of characters that need representation, okay? They need it. Okay, and the first, obviously, Hannah Shee's Skeffington. We're all a big fan. Yes, God, yes. Hannah's great crack. So we need her because she was totally against it. She was calling Deb a fascist all around. Great crack. Love that for her. Um, and then we also need this lady whose name is uh, Gertrude Gaffney, who's class. Um, I read this in an academic article that I read, Karen, that I didn't take down the name for. So sorry for not referencing it. <laughs> um, I, I just didn't write it down. I can't remember why. But anyway, Gertrude. Um, so she said the Constitution was going to be the death knell of the working women, a comrade. And she also had this great quote that I want to work into it. Um, so she said, Mr. De Valera has always been a reactionary where women are concerned. He dislikes and distrusts us as a sex. Um, and his aim ever since he came into office has been to put us into what he considers our place and keep us there. Big up, Gertrude. Wow. Good woman. Great Tell woman. us what you really think, Gertie. Yeah, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> um, and Deb was like, no, sure, what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? The marriage bar. That's what went wrong. We weren't allowed to work for like, till like 1976, I think. 73. 73, yeah. So just, if you got married, you're out like. So basically at the time there was like, so this is going to be another episode, right? There's going to be another episode based on like the working person. Are, are, are we doing a mini series? Oh, are we going? mini. No. Ooh, no. Is it mini? Nothing mini okay. about this. This is big. This is the production value of like Chernobyl. And we're going to have a corresponding podcast, which, sorry guys, I'm out. Like I'm doing that one when that, that happens, okay? <laughs> I'm going to present that shit, okay? With Tara Flynn! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! I got you. I got you, girl. Um, so, yeah, that's the production value. So it's going to be several seasons. It's not just going to end when the reactor blows up. Like, we're go- this is going to continue, right? We have to deal with the fucking fallout. Because we've got to go back to 1916 as well, because the gals were like, here, our souls, this isn't what we fought for in 1916. We were all with you. And Dev was like, thanks for the guns there, Countess Markovich. Away now with you. Thanks. Cheers. Good luck. And she was like, no, I'm also cast her as well. We'll get to that. Um, in that, actually, I'm picturing, um, do you remember that like weird, awkward hug at the end of Harry Potter between um, Draco and Voldemort? Yeah, like that yeah, weird talk, yeah. that between... No, like, obviously Dev wouldn't touch Dave. another woman because he had the Mike Pence attitude to women. Like, he just wasn't going to be around them. Yeah. No, no. no. Um, so, effectively, they were like, the Constitution's going to put us in the home and it's going to make women, like, only value to this society as that they're in the home. And he was like, no, it's not. Spoiler. That's what it did. And we still have that shit. It's still, you go right up in there, look for Article 41, you'll find it, our place, the kitchen. Um, and we've talked about this in the podcast before. But, um, and then also, so if the, uh, without distinction as to sex clause had been put in, I don't think that you could have feasibly worked in an Eighth Amendment. I don't think you could have feasibly allowed the marriage bar to continue because marriage bar was an operation at that point. Um, but all of these like shitty things that happened to women wouldn't have happened. And the gals were like a little bit too busy being treated as second class citizens to be like, I told you so, because, you know, their autonomy was being taken away. So like now we can be like, I told you so, Dev. But you almost make it sound like it was deliberate. That's not defamation, and yes, I do. <laughs> Dave was so, like, like Garrett, having... we, we have to, we have to ask you, who's in the cast? Who's cast. in this? Who's in this? Yes, who's cast. In this? cast. Come on. Okay. So I cast one man because I only cast Dev, and I don't care about the rest of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
so don't care. Um, so Hannah Shee's Skeffington. Uh, I want Brenda Fricker to be Hannah Shee's Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Love Get that. In. Um, Countess Markovic, Fiona Shaw. Love her. Oh, yes. yes. Wouldn't she be a great... she got the posh voice. Yes. Yes. And I just think she'd look great. She'd be a great Countess Markovic. She'd rock that. Like, um, So I didn't mention Louis Bennett, who was like a the head of the women's uh, trade union. She was class. She also thought Dev was a massive fascist. So I want her to be Fanula Flanagan. Do you know Fanula Flanagan? Yes. Oh, yes. Great, right? This is a yes. great cast. Like, does anyone know anyone at Net Movies? Like, get in touch. Um, Gertrude Gaffney, the girl I mentioned, the woman I mentioned earlier with the, yeah, she yeah. would tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Controversial, but Helena Bonham Carter. Like, oh, yeah. Ooh. She had a great Irish accent she in does, Ocean's 8. She does great a good Irish, Irish accent. accent. I, think she'd, I think she'd be down with that. I mean, controversial. And then Dev, I have cast as Aidan Gillen. Who Ooh. I think <laughs> a good day. He, yeah. play, he played hockey, yeah. and there's Same literally thing. no difference. Same you thing. mean Aidan Gillen, the greatest actor who ever came out of Ireland? That guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy yeah. who, like, if you watch The Wire back, you'd write him. But if you watch Peaky Blinders now, you wouldn't write him. Like, <laughs> I did not believe that that was Aidan Gillen in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to Google some other lads. Dev, name. though. Yeah. Dev? As Dev, cool. absolutely. But I was trying to Google some other lad's name in Peaky Blinders. Next thing I was like, that's not Aiden Gillen. It is Aiden Gillen. It is. It's I him. Haven't, I haven't watched Peaky Blinders. What? I haven't watched Peaky oh Blinders. God. Somebody just verbally and out loud said, oh my God, that yeah. another human being hasn't watched a like, television sorry, show. No, no. So I didn't get it about Killian Murphy. I didn't get it. And then, yes. Thank you. Yes. And then I was like, watch Peaky Blinders. And I was like, oh, I get it. And like, like, you can say with the shirt off, no, leave, leave the shirt on, Killian. Leave the suit on, leave the hat on. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> so just the shirt yeah. and the hat, or is that... The a- whole ensemble. <laughs> I'm going to be put really up for weird. adoption by tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay. so, but yeah, that's I think it's show. fair to say, those are some series you can really get binging into. There's some real good storylines there. There's some, you know, stuff that can move you and learn you, and... You know, maybe even give a few chuckles along the way. You're getting no laughs out of mine. What? Yeah, no. No, no yeah. laughs out of your own. It's going to feel like shit constantly. It's, That's it's what I not, want. It's not to be laughed at. Just it's pure, not, yeah. It's not to be laughed at. It's not well, what's the last scene? Um, it continues. There's like one of those where it fades to black. And it's like, you're like, oh God, when you're about to Google, like what happens next? And it ends, I don't know, like the mid, the mid 40s. It's shit for women. Still shit today. That's the ending. And you're like... That's the ending. Oh, it's one of those shows that doesn't make you feel any better. Exactly. Yes. Love it. So it's not like Shrek. No. 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 It's it's unlike Shrek. Okay. It's, it's anti-Shrekiel, and it's. But if I can cast Cameron Diaz, I I'll pop her in here. She should go in there. Doesn't utter a word because we've seen that Irish accent she did in what's that movie? Gangs of New York. So yeah. bad. Yeah. She'd just be like. Mute. But she could play a sort of a silent background Rosie Hackett. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? That's Rosie true. Hackett. That is true. Hey. Actually, Rosie Hackett would never settle for fucking background. You're absolutely she can play, right. She can be like Rosie Hackett's stunt double. I don't know. There we are. Cam- starring Cameron Diaz as Rosie Hackett's stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of stunts. So, speaking of stunts, we're about to pull a mad one now. And thank you all for... Wouldn't be like us. Yeah. We really enjoyed having you all this evening and I'm going to ask Tim and Naomi to join us on stage and we are going to 
take this moment to take some questions from the crowd and see if there's anyone who has any questions about either of the shows they've please, seen tonight. Would you tonight. please give a huge round, round of applause from the Irish Passports. podcasters. Liam O'Reilly and Tim McInerney! Thanks, guys. Hello. Wow. <laughs> Hello again. Thank any so questions, guys, for any of us? I mean, we thought we got rid of these two and then they just came back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sitting no, on our stage. We have, a, we have a mic. We so have a first if, question. If, 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 Hello. Yeah, oh, Tony. So I have a question for you. We, we riffed on it downstairs in the green room earlier. Never reveal the secrets I, of the I, green I, room. I, <laughs> huh? Never reveal the secrets of the green room. Okay, don't overshare. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to get your feedback on this, but, but it strikes me when you were talking about the touring and everything earlier on, how is it that we've not managed to make these stories so compelling for popular culture that we haven't turned them into TV series or films? Mm. And I'd love to know your, your thoughts yeah, on this. Now, cool there question. was talks for a while of Michael Fassbender doing Cuckullen, wasn't there? Tim has a great theory, which is that the tone is all about the secret gay relationship at the centre of it. Ah, it's true. I mean, I mean this isn't my theory, really, well, at all. This? It has been said. And, um, uh, Cuckullen no. and, and Ferdia have this... Yeah. Really yeah. weird, sexy. Yeah, they weren't scene. just yeah. foster brothers. Yeah, indeed. I foster mean, foster brother, yeah, foster brothers. They're not related at all. No, no, um, no. Uh, oh, no like, blood relation, but like they shared a bedroom for this several is, years. No, this is like a porn. It's like <laughs> clueless with Sharon and her stepbrother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly but, what it's like. But, so yeah. Paul Rudd plays Ferdia. Well, I mean, class. Excellent. Yeah. Good. We're on board. To give a huge spoiler, basically, Cucullin kills Ferdia. His I'm sorry. His 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 best friend. He penetrates him really intimately. He kills him by, he does by it love, is. basically. So, oh, like, remember what the, they do remember is the, the the spear from the toe, the foot spear. That's it. Yeah. That's, that. Uh, that's that. And they, they fight, fight for, for days. Mostly. They fight they fight all day at the fort and then they heal each other all night afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's it, it's in the text. I'm not making that shit up. So when they start describing the spear, I mean there's no there is absolutely no question what they're talking about. And then you have this climactic penetration scene. Um, Quick so, reminder I mean, that my mother is still in the audience. <laughs> Just in case any of us forgot, because I am so painfully aware right now. <laughs> but but Tim, Tim you, you raise an incredibly valid point, and one of the reasons that we don't have this in our oeuvre is that everything's been sanitised. Mm. So I'm going to fucking blame Dev. Well, you know, I mean... I'm blaming Yates. Who's Dev? That's what, what what, might be... not what we're blaming him for. It's feminist. We can blame him for more than just that. He did People that as well. He did that things. as well. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, going to take, go take a neutral yeah. question and say that down to the production costs of making... Cullen turn into a monster with his eye hanging out. No, they made the Hulk. A, a pillar of yeah, they blood made the Hulk in the seventies. Like they, you know, they, it's fine. We would settle for Lou Ferrigno in green body makeup again. Look, that I would also be no think problem. We have to consider the question of whether a warp spasm and a salmon leap are adequate special powers. You know, up against super strength, invisibility. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Salmon leap sounds over, like, frankly. Pathetic. Have you have you ever seen Simone Biles? That <laughs> yeah. is a superpower. Yeah, yeah. being able genuinely to leap, Change direction midair is a fucking superpower. <laughs> but, but like Marvel yeah. and DC have really shit all over earlier than now after that, do you know? Like what? Yeah. what? Oh look, there's Spider-Man class. Oh, there's Kukul and he shot some. No, I so think like because they make like okay, here, okay. Shakespeare's fine. He's grand. 
But like they're, they're like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever written. It's fine. Everybody dies in the end of like all of the stories. Like I've seen it before. It's happened every time. Or, oh, ha, 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 the men are actually women. That's the Merchant of Venice. Um, hilarious <laughs> misunderstanding. Like, it's, it's not like... Um, so, like, if they're going to make and, like, just, like, just eroticize those, like, they're so good, they're fine. The tone is class. Like, make that into a series. The tone is class. I see quite yeah. a lot of potential in the Skohuk and the Morrigan, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they're cool yeah, female figures, right? Class. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and this is the thing as well. I mean, the, I think the warp spasm passage, I'm only reason, reading it and I've only ever read it in translation, but it is one of the most remarkable pieces of literature I've ever read in my life. And when I was reading it, we were actually studying together and we were studying literature and we were doing modernism. And like this seemed like 10 times more impressive in terms of modernism than any modern that we were studying. And I think even if, let's say, some kind of net movies um, a production company made the most spectacular visual uh, rendition of the warp spasm, they wouldn't get close to what you imagine when you read that passage. So is it even possible? You know? no, so, I love how you like, downplay it as well. You're yeah. like, I've only read it in, in answer- translation. I have a master's in this and I still haven't read it. Like, <laughs> it, like I've read it in translation, but like, am I in my shit? So in answer Irish? to your question, the reason we haven't adapted them into movies is they are too impossible and too gay. <laughs> Class? Yeah. yeah. There's still time. Any other questions? <laughs> um, I was wondering if you think that the Gayburn, Annie Murphy interview might work in a Frost-Nixon-y kind of way? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely, oh, sir. Frost. We should chat later. Yes, absolutely. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen is Gayburn. <laughs> Michael Sheen is Gayburn and... <laughs> and Annie Murphy, yeah. Um, but I do think so. Tom Vaughan Lawler, he can play anyone. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. could play yeah. Any, yeah. anywhere. But so we can get, we can so get Michael Sheen is Gayburn, Tom Von Lawler is Annie Murphy. No, but we can get an American for that because she's yeah, American. That's American, Cameron yeah. Diaz. We, That's Cameron Diaz, Diaz, yeah. yeah. Finally, oh, no, I think it's we've true. achieved our task. We found a role for Cameron Diaz. Woohoo! <laughs> There's going to be flashback scenes with Bishop Casey in that, I imagine. And in that case, people have to. Listen, people who have to plays reconcile Bishop facts, Casey? What? Brendan Gleeson. Oh, yes. Yes. Because he was. It's. It's it's weird to think that like when you kind of in those few decades back what a kind of um, like what a large figure he was and he, he sex symbol you know he he wrote this thing where he he was officially Fish against the, the official church but he was still representing church and the, the reason one of the reasons Catholicism kind of embedded itself so deeply was people were able to say oh I disagree with the church but I have a very deep Catholic faith personally which is disconnected from that and that was. It allowed people like Peter McFerry and Bishop Casey and stuff like that to, to perpetuate a notion that you could criticize a church without actually leaving it. Which but, is really, it's really Irish. Like, yeah. it's really Irish. I don't like, like that bit, but... Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not Catholic, but I'm, I'm Catholic, like. Like, I don't go to Mass, but I have a Celtic jersey. <laughs> Culturally Catholic. Culturally yeah. One of our listeners wrote in, actually, uh, to say that when she, she came to Ireland for, uh, from the Netherlands in the 80s, and her family had to decide whether they were going to be Catholic atheists or Protestant atheists. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, and there's evidence in, as well, and, and I know um, and the, the Briscoe family were talking about this, and said that there was Catholic Jews and Protestant Jews. In, in Dublin and the, in the 50s and 60s, and the idea was that the Shatters were Protestant Jews and the Briscoes were Catholic Jews. <laughs> Consider that, my mind blown. Is that like yeah. just which private school they went to? Like, is that <laughs> Southside or Northside? Southside, Northside, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Any other questions out there? Questions, guys? Massive respect for anybody, the way yes. that is. Yes, yes. Hello, Claire. Oh, hello. 
Former guest of our show, Claire. We have a contender. <laughs> don't worry, you don't need to hit anyone. Claire's dress has pockets. Can we just appreciate that for a moment, please? Yeah. Yes. Class. Hey. Uh, I was wondering, what do you think the Madams of Manta would play out as as a TV series? Because that seems like an amazing <sighs> one. No, that we yeah. should see. no, it's not bravo, a musical. Bravo. Make it into a musical. Oh, yes. yes. We should make it musical. So actually, I was saying this, there was, um, there was a famous Madame of Monto, and I was talking to Terry about this, that was a famous Madame of Monto who is celebrated in song, a woman called Dicey Riley. Um, mm-hmm. She was one of the Madams of Monto, and round about between 1916 and 1921, there was a, a growing Republican fervor in Dublin, and it became fashionable in the courts for petty criminals to claim that they didn't recognize the British court, they didn't recognize the British establishment. I love it. Yeah, no, because you'd get a cheap headline. You know, and if you had a sympathetic uh, judge who was, you know, uh, had a Republican bent, you, you might get off with a fine or a mm. suspended sentence. So it became very common to say, I don't recognize the court. And anyway, Dicey Riley was up for brothel keeping and she mm. was brought up in front of the court and the judge says, I save the court some time, uh, Miss Riley. Do you recognize this court? She says, yes, my lord, every fucking one he is. <laughs> so yes, Put that on the telly. <laughs> the Madame Zamanto, I would subscribe. I will get a VPN and download Disney fucking plus for that. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Madame Zamanto, yeah. give it to me. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, in a very real sense, I mean, when we were talking about that, from 1880 to 1920, that's one of the most interesting political times in Irish history. Yeah. And that there was 1,600 sex workers in Dublin who were right at the heart of that, uh, between rebels and British soldiers and Irish soldiers and free state soldiers and what have you, r- probably knowing every one of their deepest secrets. Yeah. You know, that is actually fascinating. Yeah, and especially like the denouement, the last couple of seasons of it, when after 40 years of getting shafted, they got shafted and Monto was completely shut down. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the downfall. But think about it, like 1916, I mean, that's within the period. So like when we think about the bombardment of Dublin that happened from the Liffey with the gunship and everything, like it, was, it would have been falling on this red light district. It's incredible. But it's like this totally hidden history. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely amazing. Great question. Fantastic. Great question. Brilliant. Great question. Thank you. I only found out recently that the song Monto isn't contemporaneous to the actual, um, is, isn't contemporaneous yeah. to the actual, event. it was written in the, in the 1960s, like 50s. 50s. Oh, 1958. 58, heard, yeah. But, but it's a great it, song. It, yeah, it's a great song and there's a lot of detail about things. We learned it in school. Apparently in it's primary filthy. school. And it was, like, we were, there was a celebration of, um, of the Dublin millennium. Dublin was exactly a thousand years old in 1988. The a, greatest uh, marketing stroke ever pulled <laughs> in history. Can you, imagine, can you imagine being on Dublin City Council at that stage? They said, we found evidence of a Viking settlement that goes back to approximately uh, 980. Exactly 988, did you say? Brilliant. <laughs> First of Brilliant. January. Start printing the 50 pence pieces there, Tony. And to celebrate it, we're going to learn a song about the red light district. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we, we, no, we, like we had a teacher in school who produced a small booklet of all the old Dublin songs uh, from this thousand-year period, most of which were written in the previous 40, 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, but sure, look it. <laughs> so you were in school learning the lyrics. Well, yeah. We, we Did you see you. the Duke of Gloucester, the dirty owl imposter? He we, took his mutton luster up the furry glen. But there's a bit about him pulling up his trousers. We thought that was funny. He just taken a poo, you know, isn't that gas? Ah. Poo is funny. There's nothing funnier than poo when you're like eight, you're eight or nine years old. <laughs> and like, we just thought that was just gas, you know? 
but then we didn't know, like, if you have a wingo take her up to Ringo, we didn't, you know... Didn't realise what a wingo was? We didn't know what a wingo was. No. I mean... I'm still not sure I do. <laughs> I found it since that it is a name for a tu- an old name for a tuppence. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So you to go to Ringo with that one. Like, Lots of which... layers going on there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, was there a question up the front somewhere? Did I see somebody with their hand? No. There was someone there going, please stop talking about this. <laughs> Why is there literally anyone in demand they ask us a question? So we've heard of all of the sort of historical periods of Dublin that you'd like to tell stories of on net movies. What sort of a future Blade Runner, Doctor Whovian future story would you like to tell in Dublin? Wow. Shrek. I know that one. We're going to remake Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. This is yeah. the do- doctor who... The hotels have taken a sentience and are attacking the citizens. <laughs> the year is 2032. <laughs> Hotel Slayer. <laughs> if you stay standing in Dublin for more than 35 seconds, you become either a hotel or a podcast. The hotels attack you with, with buffet breakfast with tiny orange juice portions. There is still no metro. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Dublin has a podcast. <laughs> I still haven't been invited onto the Irish passport. Uh, all in due time, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because our last live show, which was uh, a few months ago now, mm. um, we, that was our topic, actually. We talked about um, what you see for... Well, not Dublin, and but you Ireland. Future Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can find that on iTunes and all major podcast providers. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and share to the Irish Passport Podcast. Um, and no, but seriously, um, uh, one of our guests was Sarah Maria Griffin, who's a novelist. Um, maybe some of you have read uh, some of her novels. She's an excellent writer. She's incredible. Yeah. She's, She's absolutely incredible. brilliant. And she was a brilliant talker on, on, the, on that show. And uh, she had this, uh, one of her books, Spare and Found Parts, I think it's called, um, uh, has, ha, is that. It's Dublin in 100 Years. And what's very interesting, I thought, was that it, uh, Ireland is partitioned in that novel, but not north and south. It's from Dublin and the rest of, of the island, which I thought was a really interesting touch. She that's calls it that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's already happened. Like 2019. Like, so long as we can draw the partition at like Selbridge. <laughs> like there are, the M50 and Bray. right around. Like it's just but basically, there are bits of other counties that we want and will take. <laughs> no, it stops at the M50 and that's it. It's just fuck like no. The M50. No, 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 no. I no, live no. outside the M50. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. No, Clondalk and ours. Sorry. Shit. There's another. Belongs to Colchies now, so Patter. So you know. Oh great. Yeah. Will you get your nice flat cap there now? Total. Love that that's a is your Colchy accent. Like you're from Kerry. Like your voice is your Colchy accent. There's another... It's for dramatic effect. There's another steampunk, cyberpunk, uh, futuristic story which we might be telling maybe only set in the next eight or nine years where maybe um, Colin Meany, Brenda Fricker, Brendan Gleeson are trying to bring back the last young person back to Dublin who hasn't emigrated. Oh, man. And, they yeah. got it I'm sorry to end on a bad note, wow. but it's just... I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... We, we talk about hotels, we joke about hotels, we joke about, you know, things like that, but it's, um, it's yeah, it's not great. It's been, it's, you know, I've, I've been very happy to produce this podcast for a couple of years. It's, I'm really... It's Derek, really, are you emigrating? Uh, no, I'm not emigrating. Is this how you tell us? Like, it's hard for me because at the moment there's a wonderful podcast scene happening, but it isn't entirely happening around. It's, it's very sad for me to hear that some some people who are making these shows are, can't come back here. It's it's terrible that Garagine has it's had me. to leave Ireland. <laughs> And I hope this country gets its act together enough to bring you back home. Aww. Yeah, here, here. 
And on that beautiful bombshell, yeah. it's a slan wemsha. It's a slan umsha. Slan for me. Slan for me. And slan for me. Slan for now. Thank you very much. The Button Factory. Thank you, Dublin. Thank you, the Irish Passport. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much to Headstuff for bringing Motherfucker to the stage, to Kirsten Shield for the artwork you can see behind us here on the stage. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and once again to all of you for coming. Good night, safe home. Good we'll night, see you. Safe home. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. We'll tone down the suggestions on narcotics to take from the audience.